Good morning, Governor and Bo, and I'm certainly glad that uh, the governor is still with WBT. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the Gubernatels. I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> Hopefully this won't be your last day, because you're a snag. A sensitive new age guy. Wow, Pat, you are sizzling hot on it this morning. Governor Pat McCory, Bo Thompson, love listening to you guys. Listen to y'all every morning of my life, basically. Time to play the game. You. I mean, he's been club champion for three years running, and I'm... 14 years as Charlotte mayor. No slouch myself. We're here in Charlotte with the mayor, the Honorable Pat McCrory. Four years as NC governor. This is quite an honor for me today. I'm overwhelmed, and I'm honored to be on the main street of our beautiful capital city. WBT presents... Bless your heart, both of you. The Pat McCrory Show. You and Bo, thank you for truth. With Bo Thompson. Driven by Felix Sabatis, Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte. It was a warm, friendly conversation. It was a perfect conversation. Yes, good morning, Bo. This is your show. You don't still have the governor on that. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is a setup. Thompson show. I wouldn't call called in. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. You've been up since 4 a.m. today? Yeah, I just told you that I've been up since 4 a.m. today. And you went, so have I. <laughs> and I went, yeah, but I didn't mean to be. Yeah. You weren't on purpose. We had Charlotte Mecklenburg utility workers uh, in front of our house, in our neighbor's house, destroying the entire road to get to a broken water pipe. And I want to thank these. These are the people that can't work from home. They were there since 12 midnight because their pounding on pipes woke me up. I thought it was gunshots in the middle of the night, and instead it was. Uh, Four guys working their tails off on a very cold night trying to restore our water for the entire neighborhood. And they were literally about eight feet down in our road. That's the best of America right now. And that's the best of government service where our sea mud workers at Charlotte Mecklenburg Utility Department and every city and county has these utility workers. They're, they're often ignored, but they're the ones who actually get your water and your sewage Allow for your sewage. How can I keep saying this? The more I say about sewage, I'm digging myself deeper in a hole. Okay, they provide your water. Let's ignore sewage at this point in time. So they were they were there till four o'clock this morning. So I couldn't get back to sleep. So instead, I woke up and I started prepping for this show as I normally do the mm-hmm. night before because right. you know I have two or three nights in prep. Yep. Look, four hours for every one hour, right? No, eight hours oh, okay, for every sorry. one hour. Oh, you, you've upped your come on. You've upped your game. Come on, but I don't work as hard as these sea uh, mud guys, who were busting their tail. And that—that's the dichotomy right now, where the the politicians who are making all these rules. You know, the initial rules were, you know, essential workers and non-essential workers. Well, I guess these guys providing water are essential workers. And you know why they were wearing masks? Because they were cold. <laughs> they were freezing their tail off. And I go, I go out there, 1230, and uh, I just walk out there with my little sweater on. And, and I go, do y'all mind ask, Do you mind if I ask what y'all are doing? What you doing? <laughs> what you doing? He says, uh, and I think they recognize me. They kind of give me that stare of, I think we know who you are. Look. And they said, we're... Trying to restore your water, so I went. It's my. I said my toilet's making all these funny noises, in addition to your banging. 
And uh, they went, no, it's not the sewage line, it's the water line. And we're going to try to get back on sometime tonight. And they were still doing it at 4 o'clock this morning. So, man. These are the men and women who, uh, you know, the police officers, the firefighters, the sea mud workers, just like at the utilities right now, we have people working at the plants and climbing poles and restoring power. They can't do it from home. They can't do it on their computer. They can't. Zoom calls me nothing to them. Nothing. And another group of people who can't seem to get work at all, and those people working in restaurants and bars because. The governor and other leaders are making it more difficult to uh, just run a basic business. And when they do open it up, they say, well, you could have 25% capacity. What business model allows 25% capacity? The dilemma a lot of politicians making these decisions don't understand 25% as it relates to a business model because most politicians have never run a business in their life. Most of them are basically lawyers. And that's what we ought to tell all the lawyers that are making all these rules right now, from Joe Biden on down to Roy Cooper. Tell all the lawyers you can only accept 25% of business, just like the restaurants. <clears throat> anyway, thanks to C-Mud. I just, you know, yesterday I started the show off talking about a Staples truck driver. That I saw in the parking lot here. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about that guy. He was freezing his tail off, unloading boxes into the studios here at WBT and WBTV. And I'm going, that guy can't work from home. He can't Zoom. While at the same time, we have some some a, a group of teachers, a part of the teachers union, who don't want to show up to work while C-Mud guys are down in an eight-foot ditch in front of my house in the middle of night. And they weren't complaining a bit. You could they actually liked their job and they were talented. My gosh, they were doing things that yeah, I'm going, that is impressive. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just digging the hole. I'm talking about the mechanical aspects of the job of working within all those pipes that are underneath every street in Charlotte. Well, and let's not forget what they have to uh, unclog and find down in those places too. I mean, that's not that's not fun work. No, it's not fun work, but it's the work they signed up for and yeah. they're trained for, and it's a skill. It's a skill set that's underrepresented in political dialogue. Most of the political dialogue is frankly done by the elite, like you and me, who go to Davidson and Catawba, and we couldn't go down in that hole right now and figure out how to connect a broken water pipe in the middle of the night. But you make a good point, and I should have said it. It's, Thank it's, you it's very not, much. It's not glamorous work. It's not work that most of us would want to, would want to do because of what you have to get into and get down in the, the hours. But they, they very well may love it, and that, that's what makes the world go round. That's right? what may everyone loves a certain type of job. And, and but they, I admire the people who can do things that I don't know how to do. Those thank, are the people I admire. Thank God they can do it and like to do it. Because yeah. if they didn't, we'd be in trouble. And a lot of them say this is pretty simple stuff. I don't know how you do your stuff. And I go, oh, you have no idea. So last night, I, you know, while they were digging in the hole, you know, midnight, I was going, God, you have no idea how marble, how hard my work I, I is say on to the people, radio. I say to people all the time, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> oh, gosh. 814. Open the window so we can let some cool air in here. 814 on WBT. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show, 822 on this Thursday morning. So Jeff just got a call from a uh, Charlotte Water Department utility guy who listens to our show. We appreciate it. He said, I called Char- I called it CMUD, Charlotte Mecklenburg Utility Department, and the guy called and said it's now called the Charlotte Water Department. And I said, listen, I'm not part of the PC police. I'm going to keep calling it CMUD. <laughs> he got a big kick out of that. Well, but I think he no, appreciated actually, the way it happened was Jeff was telling this. He said, "Here, give me the phone." <laughs> and then you said oh, that to the guy. And then I just got a message on my cell phone. Hold on, I got to play this. We have a listener from Boylan Springs. I love getting messages like this. Hold on, just a second. This is Talmadge Turner over in Boylan Springs, Turner Cooking. You came up here to visit me a few years ago when you were governor. I just want to say hello to you and say I listen to your show each morning when I can and enjoy that. Just just touch a base saying hello. Get a minute. Give me a call back. Thanks. Oh, man. Merry Christmas. I love getting calls like that from people that I haven't seen in a long time, and I just called him back in between our break. A really great guy who runs a major trucking firm in uh, – Borland Springs, North Carolina. So it's the right, uh, the home of Gardner Webb University. So that's you know how far people. It's on the other side of Shelby. Mm-hmm. Just feels great. You know, speaking of that. But before you go any further, what? I just want to compliment you on your your radio show host customer service today. You know, guy calls says mm-hmm. that he shouldn't call it CMUD. You pick up the phone, right? Hey, right <laughs> he gave him an there. answer, and then right what? Then there. That guy calls you right there, and what, like? And I minutes? started giving the guy grief, too, right away. I didn't even know who I was talking Give me the phone. No, I'm going to call it CMUD. And he was, he was laughing. And then two minutes later, you <clears> get that <throat> message, and uh, they were talking about it on the air. I mean, that is that is the gov. Well, speaking about an interesting message, Paul Newby, the uh, candidate for chief of the North Carolina Supreme Court, the most important race still outstanding in North Carolina. He's up by just over 300 votes out of over 5 million votes. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable how close this election is. And Sherry Beasley, the current Democrat who is the chief justice, has already asked for one recount. Now she's going to ask for a second recount. And by the way, the, uh, the hard number is 401. That's how many votes. 401 votes. I said 300, yeah, just I mean, over 300. You're in the ballpark. But. Paul Newby and I went to high school together, Ragsdale High School, Jamestown, North Carolina. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Super guy. And he was, he's on the Supreme Court now. He was the only Republican on the Supreme Court, and he had the courage to run for chief justice. No one gave him a chance. And here he's up by 401 votes after a recount. And Sherry Beasley, the, the current Democrat in that job, is going, I want a second recount. Now, where is all the outrage from the media about how dare you not just to accept the results of the election? And guess what? I'm not saying that. The law allows you to ask for a second recount when the election is this close. I'm not going to throw stones at Sherry Beasley like so much of the media and Democrats are throwing stones at our president and others who are asking for recounts. She's allowed to do that. There was an article in NC Policy Watch, a liberal rag, which 
accused me of, how dare Pat McCrory, when he was governor, of asking for a recount. He was acting like Trump. Well, so is Sherry Beasley. And she has every right to do just that. But I'm telling you right now, I'm proud of Paul Newby and his entire family and his mom, who's over 90 and still alive in Jamestown, North Carolina. But uh, i, I got to tell the Republicans, this is a major victory for the Republican Party to have Paul Newby be the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Now, the Republicans are going to be down by one, by four to three vote on the Supreme Court. Tamara Berenger and Phil Berger Jr., two upset victories for the other Supreme Court seats. Sam Irvin will be a swing vote. Remember Sam Irvin, the older Sam, the Senator Sam Irvin from mm-hmm. Watergate? His grandson's on the Supreme Court. Really nice guy. I like him a lot. So it'll be interesting. He's kind of a moderate guy. It'll be interesting if he starts being a swing vote because this is what Governor Cooper has been taking advantage of by having a very favorable Supreme Court to back up his power grab of executive orders during the virus. That's why this race is so important for Paul Newby. And this proves that every vote does count in election. 401 votes out of uh, over 4.5 to 5 million votes in this election. I don't have the exact number. It was 4.6 and 5.4 million. 5.4 million and only 401 votes separates. That's right. I mean... If that doesn't show that every vote counts, nothing does. So uh, congratulations to Paul Newby, Sherry Beasley. The, the recount, the second recount, will be actually a partial recount. They'll, they'll take several precincts from throughout North Carolina and do kind of a data point to see if this recount had any mistakes in it. And if doing this initial review shows any mistakes, they'll do a total hand count again. I hope there isn't a big variance where the state has to go through that again or Paul Newby doesn't have to sit on pins and needles waiting to see if he's going to be the new chief justice of the Supreme Court. Yeah, a hand-to-eye recount in a random sample of 3% of voting sites. Uh, they will hold a drawing to determine the random samples. So That's a good way to do it. And frankly, that's the kind of the thing that Trump should have been asking for is random recounts. He did actually in Pennsylvania. So when we come back, we'll talk about some of the controversy in the uh, Georgia election with President Trump, the governor, the secretary of state, and some of the controversy between his campaign manager, who was forced to leave prior to the election, being this held, is the which Pat might McCrory Show with Bo Thompson President on Trump News the Talk 1110, 99.3, WPT. Welcome back, Pat McCrory Show. David Chadwick coming up at 8.50. Legal analyst Bill Graham next hour. Last night, in a 46-minute social media message, the president mm. said this. This may be the most important speech I've ever made. I want to provide an update on our ongoing efforts to expose the tremendous voter fraud and irregularities which took place during the ridiculously long November 3rd elections. We used to have what was called Election Day. Now we have Election Days, weeks and months, and lots of bad things happened during this ridiculous period of time. 
So that uh, the, the beginning of, like I said, a 46-minute social media message, and it was a taped thing because uh, you could tell there were camera cuts, and the, he, uh, he recorded this uh, and, and presented it last night, uh, about two minutes of it on his Twitter feed, and then if you go to Facebook, you can see the whole thing. But uh, obviously, uh, Governor doubling down on his, on his intent to uh, take this investigation as far as he can. He is right about some things, and I think he's wrong about others. He's right that it used to be election day, and then we knew the victor, except in a few cases, soon after election day or that night. And now because of the massive mail-in voting, not just absentee voting, but mail-in voting by ballots being sent to everyone in so many states for the first time, you know, the results are still being counted, as we see with the newbie Beasley race right here in North Carolina. He later on in the speech, he brought up the voting machines. Dominion, I believe, is the yep. name of the voting machines. That's and right. We know about these Dominion voting machines, and they can switch a vote one way or the other. Well, that same issue was around over four years ago during my election in 2016, that same accusation where I never came up with proof that that was actually happening. We are suspicious because of the Durham thing, but I could never prove that, and neither has the president. So you got to be very careful, and I never said something happened. Definitely happened, because I had no proof. I just knew, in my election, things that were supposed to be turned in at 7.30 weren't turned in until 11.45 that night, and it changed the election. They were supposed to be turned in 7.30. So the Trump administration has known about those machines for four years to investigate. And my question to him and his team is, why didn't they investigate these things four years ago when they first came into office and not wait until after the election if, in fact, there is something wrong? The other thing where I do disagree with our president is this, where he says, when the ballots all came in, I was ahead. And then... I got behind, as though something devious occurred. Well, you see, in North Carolina and Michigan, they do it differently. In North Carolina, they have a state law in which you count the mail-in votes before you count and send the results of the other votes. You can start counting the mail-in votes the day of the election. In Michigan and Wisconsin and some of the Midwest states, state law says you can't start counting the mail-in votes until... The, ba- the, uh, the ballots are closed. And therefore, they come in late. And most mail-in ballots were the Democrats, and most people voting on Election Day were the Republicans. So in North Carolina, the Democrats started out strong, and then the Republicans caught up at the end because of site voting favored the Republicans. But the Democrats had a huge lead at first including Joe Biden. Trump caught up and took the lead. In Michigan, it's the reverse because of state law. Now, Georgia, this is going to have major ramifications on Georgia. And I'm glad people are raising questions about ballot signatures and whether or not someone can fill out someone else's ballot and ballot harvesting, which I continue to say is the major issue If there was any voter fraud of major significance that's going to swing this election, it was ballot harvesting. 
but you got to almost catch it while it happens. And sadly, in California, Nevada, it's legal. While the Democrats expressed outrage here in North Carolina, how dare you have ballot harvesting by the Republicans? <laughs> they push for the legalization of it in Nevada and California. Total hypocrites. But um, the Georgia race we're going to talk about later on today. This Georgia race is the biggest race in the nation right now. Two Senate races. And I just put my name on a letter for a fundraising letter to help the Republicans. For the record, show my bias. I'm not hiding my bias. We'll talk about the Georgia race when we come back and the inside workings of what's going on in Georgia and some of the things that might cost the Republicans this Senate majority. And President Trump is headed to Georgia this weekend to campaign as well on behalf of the GOP. When we come back, I just got uh, texted new numbers in the City of Hope CLT dot org hunger campaign great david chadwick's going to be in studio to uh, update us on that so this is the pat mccrory show with bo thompson on news talk 1110 99.3 wpt yeah here comes the sun with some pretty incredible numbers and the City of Hope, CLT.org, Hunger Campaign. Our uh, great friend David Chadwick joins us on the Pat McCrory Show. Yeah, hi guys. How are you doing today? There's always hope if the sun comes up, and guess what? I'm it's- doing good. I've been catching grief all week, David. How's that? Well, from Jeff here in the studio, I brought up gun smoke the other day and <laughs> Festus. There we go. And then Jeff started talking about how old I am. What's gun smoke? And who's Festus? And I said he was the Fonzie of his day. Uh- <laughs> and then he's going, who's, who's Fonzie? <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you say? He was the Fonzie was the, what's your full house? Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse of the day. <laughs> and I'm going, who's Uncle Jesse? You know. <laughs> and then Uncle Jesse is the, and then I asked, you know, the millennial Jeff, well, who's the guy of the day or woman of the day? And he went, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And somehow it I always comes know. back to below deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched Below Deck Mediterranean. Do you ever watch that? I did not. I'm sorry. I have to confess that I did not. <laughs> no, did not. You do not. I it's do still not. on. Oh, really? It's okay. like five seasons. Hey, now David is not the target demographic of that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so fake. that's that's why I'm kind of down this week, because I had a millennial on our staff come in and just remind me of how old I am. Yeah. We, we used to call that the generation gap. I, I think yeah, it still man. exists. Wait, wait, hold on. It? He doesn't need a, a millennial. He has a Gen Xer that will do that for there him. Well, one thing all generations agree on, yeah. and that is there are peop- kids hungry right now. Yeah, yeah, and especially with this COVID going yeah. on, and you know there are certain. You know, I know of a lot of people who are doing extremely well during COVID. Some industries are doing very well mm-hmm. right now. Isn't that amazing? It is hard like to the believe. boat industry. Yeah, they, they they can't find enough boats. Yeah, maybe invest in the mask industry. I think that's the mask place. industry, the uh, drug industry, right. the medicine industry sanitizing hands i mean the people are making a ton of money good for them yeah. i have no problem with that but if you're in the travel and tourism industry and you own a restaurant or a movie theater oh my gosh yeah you've been hit hard you've been hit hard yeah. you're under yeah but there is a common enemy out there that transcends all of the good and the bad going on in our culture and in my opinion it is the hungry kids in our community that that should not happen and kids should not be 
suffering because of any reason whatsoever. So what we tried to do here at WBT and the church I pastor here in the Community Moments of Hope Church, to try to come up with an idea to help feed hungry kids, especially during this holiday season. So my leadership at the church I pastor said, we'll give a matching gift of $50,000. And we've been airing over the last two weeks a challenge to your listeners if they would go to cityofhopeclt.org and make this city into a city of hope, a a city on the hill that's shining and bright and caring for one another. We have a $50,000 matching goal that we are after, and as of this morning, it is my joy to say we have raised $31,605, which puts us around 63% of our goal, around $63,000. And I have yet to give my $1,000, which you've got to count. That's coming. Yeah. And all of us have the chance to participate in this. If listeners, you want to give the gift, it's 100% From $5 tax-free. to $10 to 100 whatever you can. It's Imme- to feed the kids. No overhead. Right. Immediately, it uh, goes to the kids. And we work with three organizations, Tony Marciano's organization, Jim Noble and his restaurants, and also Camino Church on the north side of town in the Latino community tried to find three very vulnerable communities mm-hmm, where kids mm-hmm. are suffering, and all three of those partners are going to help distribute the food to the children. And again, it's 100% uh, to the kids, like you said, Pat, and it's 100% tax deductible because it's going through right. the church. Uh, and by the way, for some of the stock markets exploded this year, yeah. and some of those who have made some money on the stock, you can sell the stock where you've had capital gains on it sell it and and donate that stock to right. the same organization then you don't have to pay capital gains but you give your money to the charity yeah it feeds the kids and we have the ability to do that if people want to give stock gifts they can do so as well this is just wbt's chance and the church i pastor moments of hope to say to the community can't we come together can we set aside our partisan divides at least for this christmas season and love the kids because they're the ones suffering they didn't do anything to cause this suffering no. pat that's something you've said over and over again over the last two mm. weeks as we've talked about this i was born on third base mm. by having great parents with my mom was a nurse. My dad was an engineer. We we lived in a great house in Ohio, and then when I moved, when I was nine years old, to North Carolina. I'm just fortunate, you know. Yeah. I I got lucky. Right, right. And and a lot of these kids, frankly, are and some of these kids got lucky, and then their parents got unlucky. You know, I know some people who were peers of mine who all, all of a sudden lost everything, mm. and their kids are hungry. Right, and and that is no problem of the no fault of the kids yeah. themselves. They didn't do anything to deserve that. It just happened to them. So, you know, we all need one another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? When you, you go back to our era again, Pat, there was an old song. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Oh my gosh! Could, the could, Hollies yeah. made that famous. It was actually written by someone else before the Hollies. Right, and could we not claim that as one of our songs as well? That you mm-hmm. know that, that that person is our brother, our sister. There you go. That's the Hollies version <laughs> coming up. Right yeah. And it's just a beautiful idea that, um, you know, when we're carrying one another, you're not heavy because we're a community together. And we should be united in our common care for one another. When we do that, we're never more like God, and that's what he desires his world to look like. We're the reason that some of this mess exists. Why can't we make right choices to try to solve and the now, issues? And right now, we have over 30% of our kids not in school. Yeah. And a lot of these kids got their only good meal in school. That's right. And without the school meals, they don't have anything. So that's why, again, this program is so important. It's why you, Bo, and I some weeks ago said, how can we do something that will make a difference, especially during the Christmas time period? You called me up two months ago on this and said, what do you think of this idea? I said, let's do it. Yeah. And you have been gracious to allow your microphone, which influences literally tens of thousands of people in this community, to be used to 
help other people. And Bo, you as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate the partnership. And I think together we can make a difference. We are better together. That is truth. And when we come together to solve a personal problem in people's lives, we're better for them. We're better for us. I think David from Asheville. We might even get a donation from him. Oh, you think so? I, I heard maybe five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We're gonna get more than that from David from Asheville. Yeah, I actually heard he owns the Biltmore House. Well, that's his, what I heard. his lawyer's coming up later on, Bill Graham, and he, he got a settlement from Intercom, <laughs> and he'll probably go after our new company now. Oh gosh! I mean, the guy just. David from Asheville. He, he's not at work today again. Home of the Maui Invitation. <laughs> David from Asheville. Oh David from Asheville shows up yeah. from work, you know, about one day a month on a good month. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad the program he's, he's keeps He's kind of taking advantage. He was doing Zoom before Zoom was around. Really? <laughs> he was doing work at home. Well, that, that's a long common. Long before the virus. Well, but we all know what Zoom is, and that brings us together Wait, generationally. Yeah, that's it, good it, news. Was it Zoom or shroom? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you I, know, it's great, but this this charity, and I also, uh, Goodfellas, and other, we're having the Goodfellas people come next week, yeah. and they're having the big Goodfellas luncheon next weekend, and I can't. I, what y'all are doing, because I, I don't like to give to a lot of overhead. I like the money people give goes directly to the people who need it, and kids need it. And right that's now. what will happen here. Guaranteed, 100% tax-free, 100% goes to the kids. No overhead. No overhead whatsoever. And Moments of Church is guarding the oversight of the arrangement of the funds, and we'll make sure it goes right to where it needs to go. It's a promise we commit to that. Well, despite the fact that over my head the, the sky is Carolina blue and the Tar Heels could not pull it off in Maui. Wait, I mean, I did I, I mean not, Asheville. Yeah. I did not know. They probably hung around with David from Asheville the night before. <laughs> this is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110 99.3 WPT. And we are back, hour number two of the Pat McCrory Show. David Chadwick and I are just having an incredible conversation. I didn't know quite whether to interrupt the off-air conversation, but, you know. <laughs> and, and as a result, I haven't planned. <laughs> David, that, that was a remarkable conversation. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Pat. It's always a pleasure to learn from you. I am the student. You are the teacher. Keep teaching me so much. That's called sucking up, Bo, in case you don't know it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, I've always told Bo, I've taught him everything he knows, but I haven't and told him everything I know. <laughs> Actually, David Chadwick has taught me more than probably any other person since I moved to Charlotte in 1978. The guy's brilliant. And I'm not just talking about from a faith standpoint, from an intellectual reading standpoint, the amount of history he knows and his vocabulary and his knowledge of language is, you continue to amaze me. Oh, everybody wow. has a David Chadwick story, meaning everybody that I know that knows David can recount a conversation they've had with David when you were at a time, a crossroads, or some sort of point in your life where you needed that that word, the kind of, what, what do I do now? And David has been that for a lot well, of people. I'll tell you, the people who need a David Chadwick right now, and David, you might want to respond to this. You've seen me during election time when I'm so stressed out, you know, from a from mayor re-elections to governor re-elections. You came up to the governor's mansion can you imagine the stress of the four people running for Senate right now, two Democrats, two Republicans, and the whole world is watching them? And literally, not only is the whole world watching them in a micro sense, you've got investigators watching them. You've got people who are 
opposition research watching them. Every word is being analyzed. And then these four candidates, two Democrats, two Republicans, they're watching ads about them where they take one sentence or one paragraph. Sometimes they're interpreted correctly, and other times I'm sure they're going, I said that? I didn't mean it that way, but it comes out that way in a commercial. Yeah, and I think I would, if I had the chance, I would remind all of them to find their identity in life in something other than a political office. And if anybody understands that, Pat, you do, because you can enjoy it for four years and then it be suddenly taken away. Every, everything in this world can be suddenly taken away from us. You've got to find your identity, I think, in your creator, the one who gives you life and life forever. And only then can you have an absolute calm in your soul, which allows you to face anything and everything and know that can never be taken away. I was talking to Paul Newby, who's in this runoff or recount for Chief Supreme Court Justice, who you know yes, real well. Yes, I do know Paul. Yeah. And Paul and I talked two weeks ago. I called him up. I said, how are you holding up? And he went, I had no idea what you were going through, Pat, during your recount until I went through the recount. And that, that's in that common. Yeah. Is, is once we get a disease or once we lose a loved one, we start understanding what other people went through when they lost their dad. When you lost your dad, I'll never forget this, I kind of got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I had lost my dad right before then. Yeah. And, and you know, you never really become a man until you lose your dad. And when your dad passes on, then you've got to assume life yourself. Yeah. And then you suddenly become a dad to other people, and you've got to emulate that same kind of thing your dad taught you. But, you know, empathy is one of the key words in life. We've lost it a lot in our culture today, stepping into somebody else's shoes to try to understand that. I think we're called to do that no matter what. It's easier when we've gone through the actual situation right. ourselves. But empathy is the pathway to progress. It's the way to health and wholeness. And we need to develop more empathy in our culture to try to understand what people are going through. And I'm empathizing right now on a whole different mindset because I've been there for these two or four Senate candidates, both the Democrats and Republicans, because a lot of this is out of their control. In fact, I just agreed to do a fundraising letter to help in North Carolina raise money for the Georgia candidates. And, you know, I'm a little hesitant in one way because I, I hope they run respectful, good commercials in favor of the two Republicans that I want to win. For not only because I think they're both good people, but also because I want the Republicans to control the Senate. I'm, I'm letting you know my bias. The, my audience knows my bias. And everybody's surprised right now, right, right. <laughs> But the, But the fact is, so much is out of their control. Right. And right. that's what's unique about this election in Georgia right now. It's a national election in Georgia. With every eye looking at it. There's so much at stake here. And, and, and if, again, what you have just said is one of the keys to life is focus on the process, not the outcome. You know, you can't control what happens to you. You can't control your response to it. So all you can do is do your best and then let the outcome it's take like care of itself. It's like the serenity prayer. It is the serenity prayer. It's exactly the serenity prayer. And then you give me then the faith to be able to accept whatever does happen and then to continue to move forward. Easier said than done. It is Because indeed. I guarantee you those four senatorial candidates in Georgia are waking up in the middle of the night going, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, and I feel for their families right now. And again, I'm, I'm, you know, listen, I feel sorry for the family of the CMUD, where the Charlotte Water Department people who were working in the middle of the night in front of my house till four o'clock in the morning digging a hole, and their spouses and family are probably going, "Where's Dad tonight?" And that's called empathy. That's yeah. exactly what empathy is. It's trying to jump inside. So this here, in one regard, I'm looking, I'm looking for empathy for the people on TV and the national perspective. But every day. 
there's empathy. For example, the Charlotte Water Department, who can't Zoom, <laughs> who can't do their work from home, they're digging an eight-foot ditch in the middle of our road through concrete and sewage and water and wet and cold. No one's thinking about them. In fact, most people on our street are probably going, can you hold down the noise so I can sleep? Mm-hmm. Until I walk out and find out they're f- Oh, they can see you dancing now. This place is rocking. Yeah, there was a video of me dancing. Well, what some people call dancing. Others would go, what are you doing in the studio on my Facebook, Pat McCrory Facebook? Someone took a secret video, and I've yet to find out who the individual was and put it on my Facebook. I can't remember what you were dancing to. It wasn't this. Well, I mean, it might have been this. Was it this? Is that what it was? No, no. It was uh, like a Marriott disco song yeah well it wasn't this either was it no it wasn't the uh it wasn't yes no you can't dance to that (laughs) i wasn't slow dancing with you thank you for that by the way you're welcome let's Uh, turn on uh ymca again so uh the reason we play ymca that's part of it i like that song (laughs) i saw them in concert do you know that i saw the Village People in concert at Memorial Stadium. Yes, because that was at WBT's Sky Show 98. And I remember you were in the front row just dancing away, knowing every song. Because I was an employee of the station and required to be there. And you were wearing the Indian uniform, which would be uh, very politically incorrect is, at this day. I was not wearing And the short uniform. shorts. No. No. Do you remember that, John? Bo doing I kind of do. I'm yeah, thinking I back. Thought you I was there. You were the uh, you were the cop. What were you and the David? guy in the leather suit? Oh, are you and David? You're saying that you find out who your real friends are when yeah. you're in a moment of crisis. Thank you, John Moore. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a Nasdaq today uh, or yesterday announced that it's asked the Securities and Exchange Commission for permission to require companies listed on its United States Stock Exchange. To increase board diversity by having at least one woman and one person who self-identifies as underrepresented or LGBTQ and to publish this in their board diversity reports. By the way, it knows how they, who identifies. Not who is, but who identifies. How we're changing our language today is absolutely amazing. Now, I've been on three boards. I've been very fortunate to be on three boards, three different boards. I'm on an advisory board right now of one company. And uh, it's an incredible experience. But to say a board has to be forced to, for example, add someone of LGBTQ mandates is going to be something difficult to prove. Because wonder if that person wants to keep it quiet that they are, say, a B of LGBTQ. And they don't want anyone to know, including their own family. B, for example, is bisexual. Wonder if you're bisexual. And that will now be a requirement to be on a board to at least have someone who self-identifies as a bisexual, but say they want to self-identify and say it's no one's business. 
so how does the business do report when they person says, really, my sexuality is something very private to me. It's none of your damn business. And yet the only way I get the job is to identify publicly that I am bisexual. Or transgender, or gay, or lesbian. And the race requirements. Which race are we talking about? Which race are we talking about? How do we define underrepresented races? Wall Street Journal has an incredible... uh, Editorial on this, once the person joins the board, does the company have to broadcast his or her sexual orientation in the annual report so progressives can be satisfied that the quota is met? And does that mean all the rest of the board members also have to report their sexual preference? We do need diversity on the boards, diversity of ideas, diversity of opinion, diversity of business experience, diversity of background. Maybe we need more blue-collar workers on boards. Maybe we need the guy who's digging the hole in front of my house last night to fix our water line on boards. But I don't really care about his sexual orientation because it makes no difference as to whether or not that person's good at digging the hole in front of my house. I don't care what his sexual identity or sexual orientation is. It makes no difference to me. There should be no discrimination based upon that. What their pronoun pronoun is? I don't care. Yeah. And I don't want you to care about mine either. It's none of your business, Bo. Or consider David me, from Asheville. Consider me uncaring. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's happening in business today. Lose! I don't lose! I win! I win! I'm a lawyer! That's my job! That's what I do! Well, Bill Graham knows there's a lot more we can do together. I can't do it. You can't do it alone. But together, we can do it. This segment of the Pat McCrory Show, presented by the law offices of Wallace and Graham. Man, we're, we've got one of the most influential and effective and smart lawyers on our show every week by the name of Bill Graham. And he's a good friend of mine, too. <laughs> well, sometimes. I, I don't like him. But sometimes you it's too complicated of a relationship. It's kind of like my relationship with Bo. I hate Bo, too, but I work with him every morning. I hate Scott Pageant. Who else? You mean do the I guy hate? that's got the airport named after him? Yeah, yeah. Airport, schools, roads—you name it. Yes, let's say it like multiple places and locations. <laughs> yes. So, Bill, you got to explain something to me. Being one of the top lawyers in North Carolina, Bill Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I did better in constitutional law than you did. You know what I'm going to get you for Christmas? What? Nothing. Therapy. <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would agree with you on that one. <laughs> you know, Ann, she would go, absolutely. Yep. Yep. She, she sent me a text, please, please get this guy some therapy. Just because I hate everybody. Yeah. So, Except um, David Chadwick. Will you explain? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not the David I thought you were going to say. So will but. you explain to me all these different lawyers that are representing the fraud accusations 
what lawyers are legitimate in this? I, I just don't feel like Donald Trump's getting good advice right now regarding his legal help. I think he's got the wrong lawyers. He hasn't got election law lawyers. What, what do you think? I'm well. The the yeah. Here's what I think. The election law lawyers that he had all told him what the facts were, and he didn't like the facts, and so he got rid of them all. And so the lawyers that, he, that he's left with are the ones that are not giving him legal advice. They're giving him personal advice, which is a, not a good thing to do. And they're taking his money or donor's money or somebody's money, and they're just putting it in their pocket. And it's a bad thing to do. And I've had lawyers, I meet with me sometimes uh, when I was governor and when I was mayor, and they'd start giving me advice, and I'd go, is that legal advice, or is that just your opinion outside yeah. of legality? Because uh, I can yeah. get other people to give me my non-legal opinion, but I'm paying you to give my legal opinion. Well, and that's it's a very good distinction because um, lawyers are not unlike anyone else. They, they have lots and lots and lots of opinions, some of them grounded in reality. Um, and... It, don't tell your client what you think. Your client is hiring you to tell you what you need to know from a legal standpoint. Will you win or will you lose or what are your chances or what can you bring to court that is going to be persuasive? All of this stuff they've brought into these courts have been kicked out. And you you may recall um you know, several years ago, the word frivolous lawsuit got thrown around by almost everybody in the political realm. You know, everybody was filing frivolous lawsuits. Talk about frivolous lawsuits. I mean, these these things are not grounded in reality. They're fairy tales, some of them. And a lot of our listeners is- don't want to hear this. Sidney Powell, you know, who's a, a renowned lawyer yeah, from Chapel Hill, by the way says she has evidence of these machines, Dominion machines, and then the Trump campaign kind of walked away from her for, I don't I don't know what the reasons are. I've read different theories on that. But Sidney Powell's no dummy, right? She's a smart individual, isn't she? Uh, one would hope. Look, you, at some point, the rubber and the road have to come together. And, you know, sometimes um, you're on having discussions with judges and judges said, I understand what you said, counsel. Show me. I'm from Missouri. Show me. Show me. Show me what you have. At and, some wait, point, man, you have and, and the Trump people will say, well, we've got all these witnesses testifying in Put front of the legislatures. and But they've got to go to the court, right? That's, That's where right. they have to go. Put them up. Let's swear them in. Let's see what they got. Let's put them under deposition. Come on. You you just can't run around and and hope that a court is going to buy your talking points. Talking points is not a case. Talking points doesn't win cases. Facts win cases. Talking points can win elections, but they can't win yes. cases, right? That's that's right. And and if and if you know they run around and said there's fraud, well, if there's fraud in in the in the North Carolina election, I guess there wasn't fraud because um, Tillis won and, and, and Trump won. But Trump can't have it. The president can't have it both ways. You can't say that, you know, you your Senate race was okay, but your presidential race in the same state on the same ballot was fraudulent. 
those two things don't don't go together. That was one of my conflicts in my own election. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't have an argument for it because there isn't one. I, I, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, at some point you have to. I just, had suspicion. I'm still wondering. Well, could they have done something just with me? But to do that, boy, to keep that a secret would be very difficult. Well, you know, I had a conversation with another lawyer the other day. We were talking about these various conspiracy theories, and and I I tried to make the point. Most people are very skeptical about the government being able to pull off anything, and and I'm I'm one of those people. You know, the, I know government people try to do the very mm-hmm, best thing they mm-hmm. can do, and we're going to see how well they can pull off logistical matters with the with the vaccine rollout that we're going to have here very shortly. But um, I I don't have the faith that the government can pull off conspiracies, much less you know try to get us our Social Security checks on a timely basis. You know, so um, I know it makes for good radio, it makes for good television, and the opinion people get lots of airtime and they get lots of attention and it swirls around social media. But at the end of the day, it's about serving people and about doing the right thing. And these lawyers that are running into courts all over the place with no facts are wasting our time. And I hope they find facts, but they're running out of time. I think there was ballot harvesting, but you catch that before, not after. <laughs> right. Speaking of, of voting, the Fourth Circuit this week, on uh, I think yesterday, uh, affirmed North Carolina's voter ID law. Isn't that amazing? After the election. After the election. <laughs> I re- Is that not amazing? By the way, a message for Paul Newby, who looks like he's going to be the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. You know, Paul, what do you think about and why is that important to uh, well, North he is Carolina? The chief, yes, the Chief Justice um, position is the bullhorn for anything that goes on in the court system. Very important position. Uh, 450 vote margin. If, you pe- if people listening to the, it does, all 450 of them. Absolutely amazing story. Paul Newby, hopefully the new Chief Justice. But the Democrat's going to ask for another recount, which she's allowed to do, and I'm not going to criticize her for it. it she's allowed to do it within the rules, and that mm-hmm. ought to happen, and it's within the margin, and we'll see what happens on the recount, and she doesn't have to pay for it. And Trump's allowed to do his recount, which he did in Absolutely. Pennsylvania, and I'm not going to criticize him for it. No, it's within the rules. Go right ahead. This segment of the Pat McCrory Show, presented by the law offices of Wallace and Graham. Wallace and Graham, over 35 years, representing personal injury clients in North Carolina. So, Bill Graham, parting shot? On the Bo Thompson Show? Yeah. Oh, God, you just had to <laughs> I, do it. I think that was it. Yeah, <laughs> You're so cheap. Talking about frivolous. <laughs> I could have said the Scott Paget Show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, We appreciate you every week. Bill Graham, thanks so much. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show. Visit RugSource.com. Over 60,000 rugs from small to palace-sized rugs. There is something for everybody at RugSource.com. And they sponsor the Big Finish on the Pat McCrory Show. Uh, We appreciate hearing from you. And, boy, we've lit a fuse because... There are a lot of people concerned about fraud and voter fraud, not just regarding Donald Trump in this election, but regarding other elections, and so do I. 
That's why, as governor, I pushed for voter ID and was roundly criticized by the liberals about voter ID because I know of ways to illegally vote if you don't have voter ID. I know the ways to do it. I've also expressed strong concern about ballot harvesting, which the Republicans were caught doing in North Carolina. By a small amount, by the way, and the Democrats didn't want further investigations. The investigations were dropped by our democratically controlled elections board because I think they were involved too. Do I have proof of that? No. But I know of ways it can be done easily, especially on our college campuses and our union halls. Ballot harvesting is what I'm most afraid of. And I'm I'm upset with the Trump administration for not having the right lawyers in place in Pennsylvania, especially Philadelphia, in Las Vegas, in Detroit. I think they were ill-prepared. They should have had election law lawyers. The good news is in Georgia... There are apparently 300 lawyers on the ground right now before the election looking for ballot harvesting and people signing ballots illegally. See, you got to catch it before it's put in the mailbox, not after. So I have good friends of mine writing, what have you switched parties? No, I'm just telling you the fact. If you take something to court, you have to have the proof. You can't have just a theory. Let's hear what you have to say. Good morning, Governor. Good morning, Bo. I called a while back and said you were the highlight of my day, and that still holds true. But I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate everything you do for the community. You are the voice of reason in this stressful time, and I can't tell you how thankful I am to have you to listen to every day. Man, thank you very much. You're a loyal listener, and... We appreciate you being a part of the movement of common sense. And what I'm talking about, election law, is common sense. Voter ID is common sense. And how ironic, the courts just ruled voter ID is legal in North Carolina after the election. How ironic is that? Governor McCoy, this is Bill. On the issue of the Dominion voting machines, Mm -hmm. one great point and one miss. You note that there's no evidence of any problem with those machines, any defects, any fraud, and that's absolutely correct. There is no evidence, and there wasn't any evidence back in 2016. But you asked the question, why wasn't this investigated? Well, the answer to that question is, yes, it was. Christopher Krebs investigated that issue. He was Donald Trump's appointee to cybersecurity related to elections. He concluded that there was no election fraud. So the answer to your question is, it was investigated, It was concluded there was no fraud either before or in this election, and then he was fired. Point taken. Uh, Yes, Pat. Um, I'm calling because um, I was listening to your show earlier, and um, I resent you playing into the mainstream media narrative Mm -hmm. that there is no evidence of voter fraud. There is terrible voter fraud going on. And if we don't get this right this time, our nation is going to turn into Venezuela, and you're not helping. Wow, I can't say how much I repeat it. we got to find the evidence to take to the courts. See, we have a third branch of government. It's called the legal branch. And by the way, we have a Supreme Court that's dominated by conservatives now. If you bring the evidence to the courts, bringing it to the state legislature and a few witnesses isn't going to do the job. I'm just being honest with you. I'm showing common sense. Do I think there's ballot harvesting? Yes. 
I do. We have to catch it. Hey, McCrory, this ain't O'Reilly. The only O'Reilly I know is O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're going to do something, McCrory, other than sit on the radio, buddy. Come on, I need you out there. Get yourself in the fight. Back in the political ring. Yeah, we're starting a movement for common sense. That's part of my effort right now. Wow. I got a note here, a message on my own personal machine. McCrory, why why didn't you... Say there's voter fraud everywhere. I think there is, when there's this much money on the ground, tens of millions of dollars, just like with insider trading, you're going to have some problems. I've never said there's not voter fraud. We've got to find voter fraud, which would turn this election. Congratulations to Paul Newby, by the way, new Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. I think he'll make it through one more recount. It's the end of the world as we know it, but we'll be back tomorrow.